This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast where we help you learn to invest in roughly 20 minutes or less. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name's Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going, bro? I'm pretty good, Bryce. How are you? Can't complain. Back with another book club, an episode that we haven't really visited since when January, I think, was our last one. Yep, yep. We did, gosh, I can't even remember what book we did. It Uh, feels like. Titan, the Rockefeller book. (laughs) Of course. How (laughs) could I forget? Your selection. (laughs) So this month, Ren, we had a a much smaller book than Titan. Titan was an absolute titan of a (laughs) book, 800 pages. This, well, for this episode, we're going to be reviewing The Most Important Thing by Howard Marks, chosen by you. Very enjoyable book. As these episodes go, we will introduce who the author is, talk a bit about them, discuss, I guess, overall what our thoughts were on the book, and then we'll delve into some actionable insights uh, that we got out of it that we hope our listeners can walk away from the episode and put into practice or at least have a think about if they don't necessarily want to read the whole book. But I guess my encouragement would be to absolutely read this one. So do you want to kick off, Ren? Yeah, sure. So before we kick off, there's probably some people asking what happened given that this was the February book of the month. Because of the Next Top Trader competition, we didn't have the episode slots to do book club episodes. So what we're going to do is for... March and April, we're going to each select a book that we have read in that time and put it up on our website. So if you want to know what our you know retrospective books of the month were for those months, jump onto our website, equitymates.com slash book club, and then we're going to pick it up from May, which we're in now, and we'll announce the book at the end of this episode, and then we're going to keep going on this month-on-month format. So just in case anyone was wondering, in case they were, you know, desperately checking their podcast feed, waiting for us to uh, do our monthly book club and it wasn't appearing. That's why, but we're going to get back in the swing of things now. So this month's book, well, February's book was The Most Important Thing by Howard Marks. Now, Howard Marks is a big name in investing circles. 
He writes a memo every now and then, which is really well regarded and a lot of people read sort of religiously almost. So he founded, well, he's a co-founder of Oak Tree Capital Management, which currently has $122 billion in assets under management. So when you think the biggest hedge fund in the world has about $160 billion under management, Oak Tree and Howard Marks are one of the biggest in the field. And he's been remarkably consistent over a long period of time. The Washington Post reported that across all of his funds, they've averaged a 19% return a year over the past 22 years. So very consistent. And especially when you're managing a lot of money, that's really impressive to continue to get a good return. So He's obviously someone that a lot of people look to in the field and he's very well respected. So if you haven't heard his name before, this book is definitely a good place to start. Yeah, absolutely agree, Ren. Fun fact about Oak Tree, which is his fund. I'm not sure if you knew, Ren, but during 2008, so during the financial crisis at a time where many investors were probably panicking and and selling, and we'll obviously get a bit into the detail of this a bit later on. But uh, Oak Tree raised $10.9 billion during the 2008 financial crisis, which became the largest distressed debt fund in history. Uh, and it was used to buy what they classify as distressed assets, which has obviously paid off very well for their investors. I think they have 17 distressed funds and they've each averaged annual gains of about 20% or so after fees. So huge, huge results. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. You'd be very happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> so th- this book that he wrote titled The Most Important Thing was to sort of give, I guess, his market view and the overview of how he thinks about markets. And maybe the way that we start this episode is we take our overall view of the book and our you know big picture takeaways from it. And I, I guess the most obvious one for me is there isn't just one most important thing in investing that the point of the book was that there are a number of things that people will say the most important thing and success as an investor over a long period of time requires thoughtful attention to all of these quote-unquote most important things. Uh, Yeah, agreed. I think I could almost bucket them in two really broad sections and I think that would be it's important, as you said, to have clear and thoughtful observation or thought, I guess, towards price and risk would probably be the two things that I got the most out of or the messages that I were getting from him. And I've got a few more detailed takeaways around both of those themes. But for me, the book sort of really spoke the most to those sorts of, uh, to to those two considerations in investing. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think from like a big picture perspective, it really just summed up a lot of the things that we've been reading in other books or when we've been doing interviews with different people. A lot of the concepts they've been talking about were just sort of reflected in this book. So I think mm. if once you have the basics, a basic understanding of the market and investing, this is probably a really good book to get a good foundation of everything that really accomplished professional investors will look at. So yeah, price and risk were the big ones that you mentioned, but you know, other things like asset allocation and which which markets to invest in, position sizing, things around behavioral finance and investor psychology, understanding market cycles and how you invest through cycles. 
I think a lot of the things that we sort of keep hearing about from different people or we keep reading about from different investors about things that are important, he has a chapter on a lot of them in this book. So it's definitely a good resource if you haven't come across it yet. It's great. And the way that it's written is using and drawing on a lot of the excerpts from those memos that you mentioned, Ren, at the start of the episode. And he sort of cut cuts and pastes uh, particular sections from memos from, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And it's really interesting that I guess his thinking now is similar in some instances to what he was thinking so long ago, but he's been able to reflect and build upon. So I think it's a great book that brings together just his thinking over the last 20 years and, and summarizes it uh, in a very digestible manner. But it's it's really good, I thought, because he's taken – I guess, what he was thinking 20 years ago and applied it to many of the different experiences that have happened over recent history, you know, the 2008 financial crisis, et cetera. And I thought it was just a, a great insight into the way he thinks. So so who knows, maybe in 20 years, we'll be using these podcast episodes to cut and paste into our long podcast episode or, or our <laughs> long audio book. There we go. Yes. That tells a similar story to what Howard Marks is saying. Yeah, we just need to knows, start the Equity Mates Fund and you know do well for ourselves, which is the plan. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the dream more than the plan, but <laughs> so I think let's run through some of the key things that he spoke about. You, you obviously named the big two being price and risk, so let's start there. And if you've got any quotes or any actionable insights, let's go through them. Okay, so I'm basing, I'm going to start all of mine with quotes from the book. Okay. And I want to take a step back before I address risk and price because he starts the book talking about the way that you need to think as an investor. I think it was really important, but also very difficult to do. He says, no rule always works. The environment isn't controllable. The circumstances rarely repeat exactly. Psychology plays a major role in markets and because it's highly variable, cause and effect relationships aren't reliable. So the most important thing I think is what he classifies as second level thinking. And you have to think beyond the obvious, which he says is first level thinking. You know, first level thinking sees favorable circumstances and then people decide to buy based on that favorable circumstance. Whereas he goes on to say that second level thinking sees that the investment is in fact, you know, overhyped or too expensive or a popular pick at the moment just through, um, I guess, hype and media. And so you need to have that second level of thinking to sort of see past that and consider more price and risk. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but I think it was a great way to frame that. Yeah. So if people are interested in this distinction between first order and second order thinking the the book to go to is thinking fast and slow by daniel kahneman yeah and it's basically your first order thinking is that um, instinctive reaction to things and then second order thinking is a more considered and thoughtful approach where you think through the complexity of issues i'm obviously distilling this massively it's a it's a really well-renowned book so if you're interested in that and I mean, if you're spending your time listening to a podcast on investing, you're obviously interested in learning more about things in the world around you. And so I would highly recommend Thinking Fast and Slow as a good book to, to read. Yeah, agreed. But yeah, no, completely agree. I think in terms of psychology as well, this is central, but 
he makes some interesting points and has some good quotes around investor psychology and the investors that lose money. And I've just highlighted them because I, I like them. So one of them is there are two kinds of people who lose money, those that know nothing and those that know everything. And I think that's very true in investing. We've definitely met a few people who think they know everything about markets and uh, yeah. haven't been right. So I think it's important to recognize that no one knows everything and we're evidence of people who lose money from knowing nothing as well. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mm, blindly guessing. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's it's a it's a good point. It's trying to find that middle ground in between that it's 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 hard to do. All right. So, what else have you got, Ren? So let's start with price, and I okay. think in terms of actionable insight, this this is key to his investing philosophy, and it's that you know if you're if you're a value investor especially, but any investor in general needs to start with the price, and you need to think about what the value that you're getting for the price that you're paying, and. One of his quotes, it has been demonstrated time and time again that no asset is so good that it can't become a bad investment if bought at too high a price. <laughs> so it's just simply saying that, you know, you, you could buy the best company in the world, but if you're paying too much for it, it can be a bad investment because you're not going to get the required rate of return. And vice versa, you can buy the worst company in the world, but if you're getting it cheap enough, it can be a good investment. So it's really important to always start with price. Mate, there's a reason we're doing this podcast because that's the exact quote that I've got written down. Although, <laughs> although I, uh, finished the, I finished the quote with the sentence following that, which was that there are few assets so bad that they can't be a good investment when bought cheap enough. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't really have much to add. I think for this part, it's the most important thing is the relationship between price and value. And that's where your returns come. So yeah, I don't have anything else to add to that. No, that's all right. Well, I think I think the important thing is how you put that into effect is you, you need to think about what the expected rate of return is, and then how much you're paying for that rate of return, and then how that compares to other investments out there. And then the, the, the flip side of that analysis is the risk side, which we'll probably talk about in a sec. But just in terms of price and figuring out uh, the value of what you're paying for, it's, it's all about the expected return that you can get from, from an investment. So for some investments, that's easy to calculate. Bonds have a yield that is advertised, so that's easy to calculate. Some, they're harder to calculate. You know, If you're investing in companies, in the shares, you have to then start making some assumptions about 
future growth and future market size and stuff like that. But that that's the sort of exercise that if you want to become a you know a full on investor and be picking individual stocks, it's important that you you understand that relationship between price and value and you apply it when you're investing your own money. The book as well, uh, you know, to that to that quote from an actionable insight is training yourself to just be aware. He, he says that the most dangerous time to buy an investment is at the peak of its popularity. And in short term, investing can become a bit of a popularity contest. So if you've got a, a value approach, then it's important to recognize that, you know, when, when stocks are hitting all-time highs, all the positive data and assumptions are reflected in the price at the time. And everyone that is going to buy in has probably bought in. So you just need to be, I guess, aware of that. Uh, and keep that in the back of your mind. Obviously, if you're a day trader or a short-term trader, then you would have a completely different view on that. But uh, from a value approach, uh, obviously, the optimal time to buy an investment is when no one else really wants it because it's at that point that all the negative data and assumptions and whatnot are reflected in the price people are selling out. So uh, that's what I sort of took from from that side of things as well. Yeah, nice one. So let's talk about the other big one that you noted, which was risk. Yes. So given that I stole your quote for price, do you want to start us off? What what were the uh, actionable insights that, that you found around risk and risk management? So he, he broke it into three parts for me. It was the most important thing is to understand risk. The most important thing is to recognize risk. And then the most important thing is to control risk. And for me, I think it was understanding risk and, and recognizing risk were obviously very important things for a beginner investor and understanding your own risk tolerance. So he says that there are several misconceptions about risk and that's that riskier assets don't necessarily provide higher rates of return, otherwise they wouldn't be riskier. Risk doesn't come from weak fundamentals because almost any investment bought at the right price can be profitable, as we just spoke about. But he says risk comes from how an investor reacts to to volatility. So yeah, I think risk can be reduced by making an accurate assessment of the value of the investment and also making sound decisions based on the relationship of that um, price and value as we just discussed. Those are sort of two ways that I, I got out of the book that you can help uh, to reduce your risk when it comes to looking at investments. Yeah. What, what are you thinking, so Ren? I think just uh, aside from the, what you just said about the you know the three sections that he broke it up into risk is often distilled into volatility which is how much the price moves in investing and then sort of Howard Marks's point is that's probably not a good measure of risk and and risk is something that is really hard to quantify and a lot of the time it's more qualitative it's more you you, you can't distill it into a neat mathematical formula and Quite simply, to quote him, he writes that risk is risk means more things can happen than will happen. And so for an investor, it's just about understanding what are all the range of possible outcomes here. You know, this, this company could uh, go bankrupt and go to zero. It could find, invent some new product and, you know, have a great uh, share market performance and everything in between. So what are all the possible outcomes? 
and then how probable are the different outcomes. And that's something that you probably can't apply a formula to. That's probably something you just need to think about and you know understand the market, understand the different competitors, understand the, how the company's going. And, and then once you've analysed the risk and you know things happen, you make the investment, things happen, it's important to understand, and this is to quote him again, that there's a big difference between probability and outcome. Probable things fail to happen and improbable things happen all the time. And so the important thing is if, if you've decided that something, an investment isn't that risky and then you lose money on it, that doesn't necessarily mean that your analysis was bad. You know, there might be a 5% chance that something goes wrong. So you think that's not too risky an investment and then something goes wrong. That doesn't mean that your analysis was wrong. That could have just been that an improbable event happened. So when you're reflecting on your analysis around risk, you know, you might have invested in something that was risky, but everything went fine and so that risk didn't materialise or vice versa. And so it's important to understand that the difference between the all the possible outcomes and then what actually did happen and, you know, that sometimes improbable things do happen and sometimes risks that you didn't think would materialise or there was a very small chance of materialise of materialising do happen and that's just part of investing and that's just part of playing the probabilities. Yeah. Yeah, nice, Ren. All right, so did you have anything else to add to risk? No, I didn't. I've got a few other ones. I know we've probably – we're brushing up on 20 minutes. So okay. I'll, I'll just rip through mine quickly and then if you've got any others, you rip through yours. Yeah, sure. So a couple of the other ones that I took in terms of the important things. Uh, one, he, he spoke about like asset allocation and the different investment options and his point was that it was silly for investors to say that they only buy – a or A is a superior asset class. So, you know, you sh- if, if someone says they only buy equities or they only invest in property or they only invest in bonds, that's almost silly because no, and to quote him, no asset class has the birthright of a high return. It's only attractive if its price is right. So again, you should be looking at all possible investments and looking at their price and looking at their risk. There's probably two others, one around position sizing and the important thing here is don't invest more than you can afford to lose because as he quotes, since buying from a forced seller is the best thing in the world, being a forced seller is the worst. That means it's essential to arrange your affairs so you'll be able to hold on and not sell at the worst of times. So if you're going to need that money, if you know, basically don't invest your rainy day fund Make sure what you're investing, you can ride out a market downturn because the worst thing in the world is having to sell at any price because you need that that cash. And then uh, the last one is around market cycles. And so we've talked about this a bit before, but you know the, the share market is known for its boom and then bust cycles. So he writes, there are two concepts that we can hold to with confidence. Rule number one, most things will prove to be cyclical. Rule number two, some of the greatest opportunities for gain and loss come when other people forget rule number one. So if we're in a bull market like we are now, don't think it will last forever. The market, the market moves in cycles and as Howard writes, his, some of his best opportunities to make money comes when people forget that the market moves in cycles. So the actionable insight there is don't forget. Nice, man. Three really uh, good takeaways. Um, a couple of... Well, one of them I uh, had, which was the asset allocation, uh, I found that 
really a good reminder even though this episode this podcast is all about equities it's uh you and i certainly have our eye on other forms of assets as well that we might not necessarily always talk about on the show so i thought that was a a good part of the book i think for me two key takeaways were his thoughts on cycles this is a quote from him cycles will never stop occurring if there were such a thing as a completely efficient market and people really made decisions in a calculating and unemotional manner, perhaps cycles would be banished, but that will never be the case. So I think the takeaway is don't assume that trends will continue forever and instead to be really aware of the possible major turning points in cycles and you can really educate yourself. There's so so much literature written about cycles and looking at cycles that have happened in the past and, and what's triggered them, booms and busts across all sorts of different asset classes. So it's a really important thing to understand as investor, especially where we are in particular cycles as well. Um, it can really help frame your sort of strategy over the, the coming years. So I thought that was a good one. And also, this is pretty obvious, but Uh, This is to quote from him, to buy, well, it's actually from Sir John Templeton, but it was in the book, to buy when others are despondently selling and to sell euphorically buying takes the greatest courage, but provides the greatest profit. And uh, the most important thing in this instance is contrarianism. Most investors, as we know, sort of tend to follow trends. However, the best investors, uh, as seen in history, are the ones that do just the opposite of that. So, you know, where there's a broad consensus among investors, it means that most have acted and the current price reflects those actions. So, Keep that in mind. Try and be as second level thinking and, and contrarian as possible, particularly with the value approach. As I said, if you're in sort of a shorter term mind frame, then some of these might not be as applicable, but particularly for an value investor. Um, we've spoken on the show before about the value in, in thinking differently and away from the trends that are occurring at the moment because you're unlikely to make rip-roaring returns. So I think I just want to finish, Ren, by saying that uh, it's an awesome book and there's so many great takeaways. I think I conclude, though, that, you know, investing is hard and he makes mention that this isn't it's not an easy thing to do and a lot a lot of the important things in the book take time years and years to develop um but i think it's it's really good to start thinking about some of these things and understanding but it's certainly no easy feat to achieve um solid and consistent returns over a lifetime not to put anyone off. <laughs> no, no. It's it's hard, but it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we've blown past 20 minutes, so let's wrap it there. Two things before yep. we go. Number one, Adi, this Saturday. So if you're in Sydney, come join us, 4 p.m. There's an event on Facebook that you can go to. What's the what's the venue called? Tilly Mays at Trinity Bar, Crown Street, Surrey Hills, 4 there you p.m. Go. 4 p.m., be there. And then number two, the book for next month that we'll chuck up on the website but if you want to read along so you can get the most out of this episode in a month's time we're going to do made in america by sam walton who's the founder of walmart so get that book read along with us and join our book club nice love it ren well that was good hopefully the next book isn't 800 pages like time no it's not (laughs) good all right ren we'll let's Let's leave it there. Glad you're feeling better. And uh, I'll see you next week when we're, oh, sorry, this weekend when uh, you're in Sydney for the Equity Mates celebration party. Can't wait. Sounds good. Equity Mates and the people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. This is general advice only. 
please speak to a financial professional to understand how they pertain to your individual situation. Equity I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.